All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the DC Sports Subtle. I am Rob Woodfork, the architect of the podcast, here alongside uh, George Wallace, uh, shaking his head because he doesn't like the cost of the assembly that we're uh, putting together today. And uh, for the first time in the huddle, Steve Dresner, he's the uh, foreman. I love getting the title. Yeah. I don't know about I mean, you. Yeah. I'm just yeah. happy George to get the title. Like it. George doesn't like it. Oh, like, we got to change his mind very I quickly. Got, I've got deja vu right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you what that means later. But uh, we're assembling to assemble the perfect stadium for the Washington Commanders. And uh, look, we're getting closer to an owner being named. We all believe that it's going to be the Josh Harris group uh, more than 90% of the way there. July 20th, the target date for uh, him to take over. So with that being imminent, it's uh, it's a fun topic to uh, start to dream about the possibilities, not just for what they can do on the field, but what their field will look like, what the new stadium will look like. And so I think we can all agree that number one on the list of a new stadium for the Washington Commanders, it has to be located in the district. Correct. Yeah? I totally agree. Yeah. And I think it will be. Uh, I do too. I think, I think it's... It's just, isn't it funny how things change when all of a sudden Dan's out of the picture? Nobody, nobody wanted to do business with him. Now, now everybody wants to do business with him, and it's amazing now how all it took was that to get the to make the RFK site seem more realistic than it was. Shoot, eight ten months ago, whatever it was. Yeah, and I initially I, it was change the name and then bring bring him back to DC. But then once the name changed, it was still the Snyder effect. Yeah, but now that's all gone. Yeah, And I think this is going to be, just in case people want to start comparing maybe to when the Nationals got here and the transition from RFK to Nats Park, let me throw this out there. Let me make this clear. I think there are many more eyes on this transition, Uh, moving into a new stadium also, but this new ownership transition, Mm -hmm. there there are so many eyes on high expectations come, you know, the league office, of course, the fans, the TV networks. There are a lot of people keeping their eyes on this, wanting, let's shall we say, a more positive outcome. New stadium in the district, new development. I, I mean, look what happened. Look what's been said about maybe lack of development around Nats Park. There are a lot of people hoping for a new stadium in D.C. So let's face it, the current area around RFK can be rebuilt. Is it more, is it, and I agree with you on the eyes part, is it because, and I would probably think it's probably a combination of a lot of it. Number one, it's this is a tradition-rich franchise that has been in the toilet because of this guy. And is it because teams don't change ownership that often? I mean, look, you're saying all eyes are on this. Yes, the learners came in, they bought the team for Major League Baseball. There was fanfare, but it wasn't like this is. And you could argue, well... Baseball had been hadn't been here since '71, so you would think that would be more of a yeah. fanfare type thing. But is it because Dan was so bad, and this this franchise is rich in tradition, and it's the NFL that there's more? Is it a combination of everything? I think it's a combination of everything. I, I you can't put this all on on Dan leaving. Right. I think it's a combination that people, you know, I've talked to players from the seventies and eighties throughout the months, as you guys know, and you know they they say very little about 
this new transition coming up. But the common denominator that that everyone talks about, these former players and a coach, let's just say, they're psyched to see maybe remnants of the the old years. Mm-hmm. The, the, and I'm sure you guys have heard the same thing from fans. Yeah. They can't wait to see the, you know, maybe the stands bouncing and 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 just some of the old relics from the old football days here in DC. And that that fuels a lot of this new optimism and excitement. But you think the stands will actually bounce again, right? I love this. And and I this uh-huh. story uh, when I, you know, I was in South I, Yeah, I was in South <laughs> very familiar story. I last weekend I was in South Florida. I'm at the airport in Fort Lauderdale and I see a couple of people as family wearing uh, commanders uh, t-shirts and everything. They were going to Providence. They live outside of Providence and we got talking and and the father is an engineer uh, for an engineering firm who who makes uh, something like shock absorbers and and he said there's this idea of helping in a new construction of a stadium to maybe bring back some type of the bouncing stands and he would help with the design it was fascinating he's yeah. t- he's going on about 5 minutes about this but guys it's little things like that that this area and and the diehard fans will remember they will appreciate and that's just going to add to this excitement of a new stadium whether it's in DC or wherever surrounding this team. This is what this city needs. Yeah. And they haven't had this, unfortunately, for over 20 years. Yeah, you know, and it's I, fun. Yeah. And I think that that harkens to the days of RFK during the heyday, the 70s and 80s, back when the team was at its best. And to bring back that RFK vibe, but in addition to the seats, I mean, I think they should have like a canopy setup. And I know a lot of people are talking about dome or a possible retractable roof, but you know, I think it would be really cool for them to have sort of that same sort of canopy uh, effect yeah. around keep the, the, keep the noise around in. the top. Yeah, try to. For me, that's a no-brainer. If yeah. you have a chance to design it, for me, that's a no-brainer. If you have a, you have a chance, you're starting from scratch. And I know, and maybe just because I grew up in it and here and and it used to work there, and I used to work there, and I was <laughs> yeah, I was close to it. Sure, all the games and and, and every event there, but. To your point, Steve, about where if the stadium is what it is, no matter where it is, if it's bouncing, if it looks like that, I still think it would lose a little bit if it's not in DC. Totally agree. Right? I totally. I think I, the worst case, worst case scenario is you stay in Landover. What I don't do you do you there? Can, you blow the whole thing up and rebuild from there. Then uh, where do you play, or I do you mean, build well, somewhere else? I don't even know the logistics of it. I mean, maybe you put it up in one of the where one of the parking lots is now. Yeah. I think I've seen that. Uh, didn't uh, Philadelphia do that when they made the link? The link was uh, erected where they it was parking. JFK, to the, to the JFK, old place. the vet. Yeah. Let me put the it to vet. you this way. Let me go back to my original comment about how many eyes and whose eyes are on this whole new landscape for this team. I also feel that not only the guys at Park Avenue, the league office, but let's not forget something. The other owners have been through the mud a bit the last 20 years about even dealing with everything around this team. They want to succeed also as a group of owners. They don't like to lose. Mm-hmm. So, I you know what? I'm going to I'm going to really go out here on this and I wouldn't be surprised that a new plan for a new stadium could include a dome stadium and don't be surprised 4 or 5 years down the line 
league office and the owners vote to have a Super Bowl here in D.C., just like they did in the New York City area. And and there's, you know, a big revitalization around RFK. I mean, it's not so much be careful what you wish for, but there are so many people that have been involved and been dragged through the mud. They really want this yeah, no, new I culture that, to succeed. And domes the thing are is, so overrated. Oh, I, I hope I mean, it's not. If you, if you get a retractable roof, I could understand that. But domes are so overrated, and I don't think you need one in Washington. The New York Super Bowl well, you're talking at, about. They don't have. They have an open air stadium in New York, and they gave them one. But look at Minnesota. Minnesota. I mean, people used to dread the Metrodome and getting yeah. around. Let me tell you something. That new stadium in Minnesota is in my top three awesome. venues in the league, besides Philly. Philly to me is amazing. Mm-hmm. Seattle's one of my favorites, along with Kansas City, which is the loudest venue in the league. Yeah. So you but, put the over Lambo? What was that? You've put those over Lambo. I've never been to Lambo. I I've been to Lambo over a dozen times. Of and, course, and Steve has been to all the stadiums. No, 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 no. But let's <laughs> seriously. I, the deal about Lambo is, is kind of like when I went to Mount Rushmore a couple of years ago for the first time. I looked up. It took me about oh thirty seconds. I'm like, this is that's it, it, Mount. Right. That's it, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's I don't it, see my Mount face Rushmore. Up there. Let's yeah, go. exactly. But, but green so Lambo is that way. You Lambo, guys? yeah, Lambo. It, you walk through, you see all the mystique and the nostalgia, yeah. and then you're and then you walk back outside in the parking lot. You're like, okay, I did Lambo. Okay. Let's go down the street to uh, the bakery to have a slice of cheesecake. Okay. Uh, but but Lambo's pretty cool. It's a great venue. It's yeah. not Kansas City is the loudest yeah, that's in heard. the league, followed by Seattle. Seattle, yeah. But but I gotta tell you, I really think there are a lot of people who want a new venue here in D.C to be in that top five, maybe top three. And I think it can be, and it has to be in the district. Yeah. And if you can't get the RFK site, I don't know logistically how you would pull it off, but, I mean, you have Nationals Park, you have Audi Field. That's an area that's already revitalized. Yeah. I don't know where you would clear off a spot for another stadium. I don't but, know I mean, where you, else it would yeah, go, Rob. But, I, I, I know, don't know I, where else you would put a stadium with Metro Access. And, <laughs> you, you know, I, I mean... <laughs> It's certainly going to be down in Fredericksburg. It saves you from putting in the moat if you just uh, put it somewhere in the Anacostia. And I think, to your point about being one of the top five, and I I think it's because we've seen it. I mean, everybody who... And yes, you know, you hear all these people, well, you guys are just stuck on the past and RFK. But there was... was, It's not just that it was a one-year, two-year deal. Like, that was a prolonged time frame of good football, winning football, and... The home field advantage, where you literally had everybody saying that was one of the toughest places to play. That is the loudest. It was a dump, but everybody's right on top of you. It was our dump, as Jeff Bostic used to say on the <laughs> that's right. on the America's game. <laughs> that's right. Um, but that is what people want to to see, and they've had to deal with FedEx. And look, let's be honest. The thing with FedEx Field, Jack Ken Cook rushed to get that thing built in Real John Maryland, and he never got to see it. <laughs> yeah. So Rob, it wasn't done right from the first place. Well, he, in the correct, first place, co- correct. And and the thing is this, Ralph John. I, I, I think Ralph you John. still I, they're they're in a, still in a very precarious situation where, yes, you need to press forward and you do need to build this new brand, but also you can't 
alienate the fans who have stuck with you through this rebrand and to. all of how the bad. Alien, how would you alienate them? They're not going no, to. No, I mean, just uh, you have to do something to either win back some of the people who left or, you know, incentivize some of the people who have stuck around. Oh, yeah. So I think there those subtle nods to history, like making the new stadium look a little bit like RFK, going back to making sure that you have real grass. I'm yeah. sure they have real grass now, but like, you know, you that that's something that needs to be in a new stadium for a player safety standpoint. And so it's not all about nostalgia. It's not all about, oh, you're still living in the past. It's also about incentivizing yeah. people who have stuck through what has been a torturous 25 years. And year you can span. do that both. You can do that right. both ways. And right. I think... You know, they, There's a they, middle ground that they can till, and they've tried. You know, Tim Hightower in charge of the alumni. God bless him, but he doesn't know. He doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> and, know. And you know, you know, Rob he came hates during the worst time. And right. you know, and you know, <laughs> Rob hates when I'm optimistic and yeah, really when I make sense he, and everything. He told me. He, told me. <laughs> he, he tells you all the time. <laughs> I know. But but let me now remind you guys of something else. What Josh Harris brings to the table. And that also is Magic Johnson. Look, a lot of people don't know a little bit of history about Magic in the early 90s, how we bought most of the Pepsi plant oh, uh, in the PG County. Yeah. But look, a lot Magic of people... Magic Johnson Theaters. I, well, that's where I'm going. Yeah. Capital Almost, Center, right? Right, but, but this yeah. is where I'm going. And that is when they destroy, when they knocked down and destroyed and leveled the Cap Center area, Magic Johnson had a huge, huge part on building up Largo Town Center, did an amazing job as we all know. And that says something as far as his accomplishments, of course, on and off the court. But this new ownership team does, does get it. Let's not kid ourselves here. And I do think they do realize and they do know you have an ex-athlete involved also what bringing back some of the traditions will mean to this area. And that's, and that's to the point. I really think that's going to really also bring fans back to the uh, to the stadium. Look, you've got the group that's not that left when they changed from Redskins that aren't coming back. Mm-hmm. I think you have some of that. Yep. But you also have the group that as soon as he is gone, they will return. I fully expect July 20th is going to come and go. I bet you July 27th first day of training camp you're going to have the maximum amount of fans there, number one. Opener at FedEx against the Cardinals. Luckily it's the Cardinals. <laughs> you're going to have a pro Washington crowd. And I think, yeah. and then you'll have the other group that if you get back to DC and to that site, regardless of how the team looks at that point. And, but let's be honest, every, how many people on this team right now are going to play in the new stadium? I mean, good point, right? Yeah. Cause good point. I mean, the early, the <laughs> earliest is what, 2027? Yeah. Really? You have so, four years. That's if you break yeah. ground right within the year. Yeah. So I think if you have the other group of people that if you get back to RFK, no matter what your team looks like at that point, will come back. Because they're dying for it. And let's yeah. not forget, you did lose some of the fan base to the Ravens. You did. That, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Let's not yeah. beat around the bush. That's yeah. why you can't go to they, Virginia. Because they, then well, you're just conceding course. Maryland right. to but, the Ravens. Right. Exactly. But yeah. but let's not kid ourselves. We yeah. did lose fan some of the fans to the Ravens. They're going to need to eventually come back also. They may and may not. They may not. Yeah. I mean, to that point, one of the things that I would like to see a new stadium have is a team Hall of Fame. Kind yep. of like what... Uh, Lambo has Lambo has it. The Patriots Kansas have City. it. Uh, at least around Gillette Stadium. I don't think it's in the stadium. But uh, if Washington does that, and I don't mean that shabby Sean Taylor installation that they put up, at, you got to uh, keep FedEx the hall. Field. You got to keep the Ring of Fame thing too. Yeah, you got to keep Which the ring. Yeah, you got to keep keep the Ring of Fame. You yeah. got to add a wing where you just yeah. have 
all of the team's history because they do look and and we can they talk will. about they will i mean it's inextricably linked to racism and a lot of other things but there's also some very positive history attached to this franchise that is to be celebrated and needs to be on display oh yeah but that goes back to you do have the right people now in this new ownership group to check off all the points you just made yeah, and th- that's a big difference. So Steve is very confident that these are the right people to. Uh, I'm never going to hear the last. Wait a minute, how about George? I'm never hearing the last. Let's <laughs> let's touch on the size of the stadium because the NFL yes. has changed. By the way, I saw economics. Have I changed. saw a yeah. I saw a thing from Buffalo. They have sixty five thousand, yeah. sixty three thousand season ticket holders, and the new stadium is going to hold sixty thousand people. Yep. How's that going to downsizing? How's that going to work? For here, initially, people were thinking, and people, I don't know, you heard Jason Wright say a little bit, that you're going to make it 60,000, 55,000. That's probably a little too small. RFK was 55, 56. And yes, things have changed in the NFL, but I think at that point they were making it small because nobody wanted to come watch this team because it was just a dumpster fire. Right. But now you're going to have some interest. You're going to have some excitement back, at least initially. How big do you go? The, 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 the vet and link combining them. The link <laughs> is probably 65, 67, which is. One of my It's closer. Places. I did a little research. Closer to 70. How'd you know we were going to talk about this? I just thought I'd thumb through. I was up late last night by 2, 3 in the morning, couldn't sleep, and I was listening to Dean Lane, and I just happened to thumb through uh, all these numbers of stadiums. Okay. And, and I'm going to jump out, turn my mic off, and I'll come right back. It's, it's closer. It's closer to 70. 70 yeah. But, but George makes a great point as far as now you got to be concerned on how big these stadiums are. But, Rob, I got to tell you, it, it also, some of the numbers on how stadium capacity, believe it or not, also falls into like Jerry Jones built. Jerry Jones built a, a blimp hanger at 110,000. But uh, again, that's doing a monument some, to Jerry Jones. That's, it is. <laughs> it's but, not even supposed to be a stadium. But again, in the overnight reading, you there are all these scenarios to all these stadiums that you could put an extra thousand here, thousand there. These stadium clubs which line the tunnel. To yeah, I mean, can you imagine paying like I read this five thousand dollars just so you can high five the players going out to the field? Oh, I believe like it. they do a giant stadium yeah. and in Dallas. Oh yeah. So, you know, the seating capacity may be maybe a mediocre 60, 65,000, but some of these places in, literally infuse another 10,000 or so with all these little marketing kind of, yeah. you know, little here's things. The thing. I feel like the seating capacity is a little overrated because, number one, fewer people are going to games because... They don't have it's, the money. Let's well, face it. It's well, expensive. Yeah, it's, it's too to expensive. Go to a game. And thanks to HDTV, thanks to Sunday Ticket and all of these other reasons, I can watch not just the game that I want to watch, but I can watch a bunch of different games simultaneously from home. It's too good an experience at home for me to shell out the amount of money that I have to to watch one game. Family of four at a game, food wise, you're going to top anywhere $200 yeah. alone on food. Easily. Parking yeah. anywhere is from 50 to $90? Yeah. I mean, in, in the economics that, that are going on, who has that money? Right. Exactly. So for me, I, I think you have to keep that number closer to that 60,000 totally range. agree with you. Because then you don't have to fudge on the numbers, you know, in terms of waiting lists and all this stuff like the franchise had been doing for so long. So I, I think less is more 
in this particular it's like baseball it's like baseball right. less is more yeah. Miami believe it or not uh did that a bit you know at one point that stadium call it Joe Robbie I still call it Joe Robbie I'm sorry <laughs> pro player I still call it Joe Robbie I, mean, I you still know, say MCI center yep. from time to time here <laughs> I, I mean at one point it was I believe 80 85 for one of the earlier Super Bowls I believe in 2007 Stephen Ross cut that way down, added all these fancy schmancy, you know, what, he has a half roof on there Mm -hmm. or something like that. Less is more. And the artistic part of it, of course, as we talked about earlier, plays into it. But again, look where you're building it. Possibly old RFK site. You can do a lot, a lot, as you said, museum and everything with that site. So I totally agree. All right, so we agree that it should be in D.C. We agree that it should have grass. And um, I'm still saying that the Dome is is overrated. I don't think you need that in Washington. Well, again, uh, let's not forget. I mean, how, how many times have we seen? I, I don't think you need that to get a Super Bowl. You don't need it to get a Super Bowl. But, Rob, I, I think, again, I'm going to go back to this point about how many eyes are on this new rebirth of, of a team here, possibly in D.C., a dome stadium would also mean a potential Final Four. You know, the NCAA loves domes. Uh, Indianapolis, New Orleans, Jerry World, and everything. The NC2A loves these big venues. And if they can maybe get 50000 like they do at Mercedes down in Atlanta, that's going to put the you got city a basketball even... stadium here. They got a basketball no, stadium No, you really here. don't. You, you got a basketball you know, stadium No, here. you really don't. And the Wizards aren't going to be playing in March. You, you, excuse me. You can hear a pin <laughs> drop in that arena, but that's another story for another time. What are you saying? It's big, it big enough? I, it's not I so much big fine. enough, but it's, it's it, we have a, it's not really a great basketball arena. But that's another well, story NCAA for won't another... Hold regional, they won't hold regional... Uh, they won't hold a Final Four there. Where? Capital One. Oh, no, no. But but the point is a dome stadium. Yeah, yeah. they've had regionals and they've had finals, regional finals too. But the point uh, is, in trying to explain to Rob, again, Mr. Dresner is being Mr. Optimistic. You get a dome stadium, you open up the door possibly to the NC2A. How about bringing a Final Four to D.C.? Right. They would love to do that. They would jump at that in a minute. And the NCAA, as ridiculous sometimes as it is... I don't know what the rule is, and the same thing we were talking about yesterday, off topic, off air, about how much super, how much <laughs> where the, the mics ca- off, uh, the capacity <laughs> yeah. for a Super Bowl. Yeah, but for the NCA, they won't go. I mean, they go. You know, Maryland went to the Georgia Dome in the Final Four. I mean, you put seventy thousand people in there, you can't see anything, but they will, they will put. They but, use these NFL stadiums, and they they pack they, and they do it. They put seventy thousand people in. But it. here's my problem, though: you you don't build a dome and then make your football team soft just so that you can get some Correct. additional stuff. I agree with that because yeah. I mean, here's they're the not going to do that. No, no but here's they're the not going to do the that. The NFL, how many dome teams win Super Bowls? I mean, you had the Colts win it one time, but I could go on and on about how how little the Colts achieved in the Peyton Manning era, but yet they still get all this maximum The cool thing about Lucas Oil it, is the, but win, the window. Dome like, teams generally don't win. Do those open? Those windows open? No. Uh, no, they don't. Lucas Oil. They get the Dallas, I think, does. The Dallas. blimp hanger does. Yeah, the hanger. you got to bring yeah. the blimp in. Yeah. That place is like, it, it is a starship. But, it but, is. but look, you want to know what the bottom line is? How interesting will it be in the next 10 years that we're focusing on a football venue and the quote-unquote transitional venue for hockey and basketball 
maybe shifting either out of town, new construction. I, I, I mean, he's not going anywhere. Well, well, <laughs> Ted's not going. Anywhere. Well, he wants, he, everyone has a new toy now in the league, meaning everyone's getting an arena. My thing with that Ted's is on we'll to get off topic in case you don't know what's going on. Ted had talked about possibly talked with Arlington about moving the Caps and Wizards and yeah. Capital One Arena, the Mystics and whoever else, the esports and the Goga, whatever, to a new venue in Virginia. And the article had said that he is the crime is becoming an issue. On game days, they used to have 27 uniform officers. Now they only have three. And that is his big thing, I think. That is, he's trying to get the city to. Well, first of all, he's not moving deep into Virginia. They're going to what? And number Arlington? two, they have upgraded so, Capital One Arena yearly, it seems like, recently. They, they've about? updated the arena. So it's not about Look. an arena thing. You can. I my I have problems in Hartford trying to upgrade the Hartford Civic Center and trying to get a building and and get that. So I know what you did. Yeah, well, we're trying. Okay, I use the word we. But I need to get that Steve money. He got his own. Okay, okay. But in in (laughs) all have I been asleep? But in all seriousness, trying to update a building and trying to get a city to work with you. Um, this city has had past problems with with owners trying yeah. to do that. Right. And and look, I don't blame Ted one bit. He's trying to build a winner on the basketball court and on the ice. And if you're not getting support from the city, you got to try to be proactive and make it happen for yourself. I'm with Ted on this. Something has to give. What do you mean? Like for what? Either you support Ted and try to upgrade the arena to where you can compete with the new Madison Square Garden and, and with all these new arenas and arenas that, that have been upgraded, or you got to find another place to build a new arena. And do we hear... Uh, do we hear the district going out of their way with Ted? No, we don't yet. We got to give him a chance, but we haven't heard anything yet. But my thing is, do you believe that it is an arena thing or do you believe it is actually the security thing? I think it's about four or five factors. I think it's budget. I think it's city playing ball with Ted. And I think it's Ted playing ball with the city. So I just don't think it's a solid one or two things. But I am really concerned that it appears on the surface, no one wants to play ball with each other, and that's that's discouraging. Oh, it boy. is. Come on. We were here talking about one arena, and he's over here trying to knock down all of them. Well, I know. <laughs> I, I want. I want. I want to be able to go to a Wizards game. I want to. You know, I'm. T- I want to go to a sold out Wizards game. When was the last time we were able to do that? Why? First of all, what have the Wizards given us? A reason to go well, sell out. Where would be a good spot for a in DC? Forget Virginia. I'm just trying to think like off top. Where would be a good spot mm, they could put? It's a tough one. Right. It's really. It is. The Capital One Arena is in the. It is in an ideal place, I think, with the Union Metro. Station. Yes, Let to, me ask. You have to remodel it. Union Station area? Anything? Union Station. Any, I don't think you blow it up and start over. What about around you? Union Station and uh, the market area? No. Is that a possibility? What if what market area? Union, uh, what, Eastern Market? Yeah. Any any Is there a metro? Oh, there's a metro there. What if they played on top of Union Market like the uh, Castles did? Castles. That was that, right. that was pretty cool. Play basketball That's outside. Right. I'm I with that. <laughs> rainouts? NBA rainouts? I'm with that. Uh speaking of the NBA, uh the Wizards and Nationals are both in the midst of tear down rebuilds. And I think it's fair to ask, even though the Nationals have about a year and a half head start, which one will get it turned around first? Personally, I don't think either one is super likely because the Wizards, I'm going on 44 years old. I've never seen them be relevant in my entire life, and I don't see anything now. And I'm I'm willing to give this new front office an opportunity to change things around, but 
I'll believe it when I see it at this point. So, you know, and the Nationals have sort of an organizational arrogance about them, just like, oh, well, we built a champion once, we'll do it again. So it feels like there's some sort of backfire that's coming to uh, what the Nationals are doing. So I think if I had to choose one, I would probably say the Wizards just because they've got some fresh blood in place and it only takes a couple of players to to turn it around. Steve has a very passionate opinion about this. Call it and I'll passionate. tell you why. I, why I wouldn't call passionate? it passionate. <laughs> I would call it Why is he picking on you? I, I, I'm used to it. Okay. <laughs> I would call it factual, but but Rob, here's here's <laughs> factual. Yeah, factual. <laughs> but but here's the thing with the wizards. You know, we just got in Two great people who've been on the outside looking in. They've witnessed the the ups and downs of how the Wizards have operated. They themselves have run teams, been a part of success along their careers. So Ted brings them in. And don't forget the new CBA in the NBA starting shortly. Also, uh, as people have written about, is focused on preventing these teams from building their own super teams. Mm-hmm. And I think a combination of that factor and who are these some of these free agents. Look, James Harden needs to make a decision very shortly whether opt in or opt out, you know, 36.5 million to stay in Philly. Who knows? Maybe Ted opens up the wallet, maybe throws when a lot of money Ted and brings ever and, open up the wait, wallet I, for the Wizards. But you want to know something? It's pretty amazing when you get the right people in and maybe get in his ear. Who knows? You may be uh, talking about on a given evening, James Harden's coming to Washington. Well, first I'm, of all, that ship sailed a long time ago. But the it, uh, but here's it, my thing: if you can't talk. Kevin Durant, who has mad love That for was DC. a long shot, Rob. He, I'm sorry. He wouldn't even sit down with him. He talked to the Knicks. Come on. And if you, sidebar, if you ever want to win an argument with a Knicks fan, just point out that the Wizards have a championship more recently than the Knicks do. But, you know, he didn't even sit down with them. Because, he didn't even sit down because with them. Because you still had the old school in place. You have new. So Michael you, Winger is now going to be a hot free agent attraction? Didn't say that, but you know something? He is one of the bosses now and carries a lot of respect in this league. But uh, let me turn the tables and bring in the Nats side. The Nats, there are a lot of variables now between the sale of the Nats, uh, Mike Rizzo's future. I think there are too many variables and so many things, uh, unfortunately, because I love the Nats and I love baseball and I love baseball in D.C. I think we're on like a four-year plan to turn things around on the Nets, whereas the NBA can be done in a season. You don't know what chemistry, what kind of bench you're getting that could put you in the playoffs, just like what happened with Sacramento this past year. But here's the thing. The the only pushback I give you on the whole free agency... Which I'm used to. (laughs) The pushback I give you... How am I doing, George? You're doing well. On the free agency piece of it is that... Washington was never a free agent attraction. They were never going to build a super team. They have to build a team through the draft. They the free agency was never going to be their friend unless and until they draft a superstar that then attracts free agents to your city. They haven't done that in 44 45 years. So these guys need to be legit because they're going to have to pick the next Jimmy Butler or somebody who's later in the draft who you then build around, and that's how they're going to have to build the team. So if you're picking eighth, probably not going to do that. 
And I don't, I, you know, I don't know how we feel about the uh, the kid uh, Bilal Koulibaly, who they just got in the draft. I don't think that's a guy you're going to build around. So they're going to have to, even though he's going to wear a zero. If anything, that increases the likelihood <laughs> that he will not succeed. But you know, they're they're going to need to they're going to need to suck for like two years and pick in the top two, three in consecutive years and hope that they hit on those picks and they don't land in another situation where it's like 2001 and you have the first overall pick and then there is nobody in that draft who is worth the first overall pick. Go back and look at that draft. The best player in that draft was uh, Pau Gasol. And I don't think he would have changed your franchise. No, and the thing about that is, too, it's like – Everybody would have picked Kwam. It just sucks because that's what happened. But I mean, no, that, but that still, was it. right? I know. And, I know. and you know, and we had um, David Aldridge on here. He said and, the same and thing. He, and, yeah, he, said he said the said, same he said, thing. He said yeah. the same thing. And, and David's and he covered went, back. You know, David yeah. goes back in this I mean, market a I long defer time. To him, I bow yeah. to him when it comes exactly. to his basketball knowledge. Exactly, and, and especially look, and, in this market. And I'm not right. saying, and I'm not saying Kwame Brown didn't put together a good NBA career, but he was not a franchise savior. No, you need a franchise savior with the first overall pick, especially this particular franchise that hasn't had a truly dynamic superstar player. And look, I. In 45 years, you're right. <laughs> and I give Winger credit, and Doc, I gave him credit. They. It took about 90 minutes for them to realize that they need to blow the whole thing up, <laughs> yeah, right? And yeah. and look, to David Aldridge's point last week, too, they took this job knowing Wes Unsell was going to be the coach. David's point is saying that Wes, like you were asking, is, this, is he the right guy for this? He says, for a team, that a young team that you need to teach, then Wes could be the right guy for this. He goes, you've heard Luca say he gives him credit in Denver for stuff that he did and, and helping him learn at a young age. So maybe Wes is the right team, right coach for a team like this. And then, you you know, if they get if it doesn't work out, then they get a chance to bring in their own guy. But I give these guys credit for just actually ripping the Band-Aid off and pulling the plug instead of putting lipstick on it. Putting lipstick on it. Whatever happens, totally fine. Agree. Fans have been wanting this. And and what you were getting in return, for me, is was not the biggest thing in this. The biggest thing is this, is that you're, you're rid of these contracts for now. Right? Totally agree. That's the biggest thing. But in here's the thing. I give him credit for sparking the rebuild, but even still, and this isn't on his ledger, but this rebuild should have happened two years ago, and there's still going to be repercussions yeah. from them not but doing not it in a timely fault. It's not his yeah. fault. But there are still repercussions from that Correct. that is going to be difficult for him to oh, yeah. get the organization to recover from you and got you got a bunch of uh second round picks and a bag of skittles for bradley beal you should have gotten some first round picks if and you would have if he yes. would have been traded a couple of years ago and again that's not michael winger's fault but he's still dealing he's still working with less and he still has to eat that he still has to take that l so to speak do you, believe, you think some of these guys come in and just looking like are you kidding me is this really what this yeah this really run this way <laughs> You know, right, and right. The, and and, and I, the Beal thing. You know, people want to blame Shepard. I still don't know what happened with Tommy Shepard, and you know, I've heard multiple things that the way he is behind the scenes, and yeah, you know, didn't really get into it with people. But the Beal thing and and the contract, Ted has to sign off on all that. Yeah, right. That's yeah. not all on Tommy. No, Ted gave him the no trade. Yeah. Well, let, let me take you back. Or at a minimum, signed off on it. But yeah. look, Correct. Can, can I unfortunately remind you how you many... You can do whatever you want. It's just... Okay, can I remind <laughs> you, though, how many years we went with that... Um, 
Susan? Lazy Fair with Abe, Susan, Ernie, and we just settled for mediocrity. Oh, yeah. Rod Strickland, Antoine. I, I mean, we. Oh, that let's not went, put Rod Strickland then, in that. that went Rod on. Rod Strickland was a beast. You know, I love having Georgie here, but, yeah. but, 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 but no, seriously, I, I mean, the, we this market went for a bunch of years with just kind of just putting blah on the court. Right. No wheeling and dealing. Trade deadline would come and go. No deals. No deals. So it's and, good that they went outside the organization. Okay, I, 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 I've been yeah. saying this, and Rob still right. doesn't like the fact I keep telling him, <laughs> lose it and move on. Yeah. It's a different administration. Stop comparing right. to what the old school, what we had. You, you know, it's like when Rizzo, when Mike Rizzo came in, look, he shook things up. Yeah. He he immediately pulled the wheeling and dealing. It's going to take and time, and it were eventually worked. But but in the NBA, with these loaded contracts and, and finding every which way to, to get the max money, it's not going to happen overnight. You've been, been in a war room, so to speak, or, or an executive office uh, of someone in the NBA. From what I'm told firsthand, most of these execs have almost every player, almost every starting player on every team's deal up on a wall or accessible just like that. Mm-hmm. And when you have to live in that world 24-7 and you're talking about draft picks and Tommy may not have been able to do anything. His hands were probably tied for years. But yet, what do we do? We blame Tommy. We blame. That's natural. That's with any team. So that's why I say to you now, new blood. They know how to wheel and deal. They've seen outside looking in. I, I'm excited for what's right, ahead for I'm, the Wizards. I'm, I'm not necessarily here to assess blame. That's not what I'm. But that's healthy. For. But we like that's blame not, also. No. Come on, we like blame <laughs> also. I'm not trying to assess blame. I'm just stating the fact that, regardless of whose fault it is, Michael Winger is dealing with less. Yep. Than he would have. He's operating Mike from, with less, right, Jor? I he's, mean, he's he's operating from a deficit. Yeah, you know, with the Nationals example, they were just bad. They were basically an expansion team. They weren't running to the ground like the Wizards were for the better part of like a decade and a half. So it's like you have to overcome the the bad, and then you have to build off what is already a shaky foundation. To your point about the, comparing the two, the, for me, one of the big keys to the Nats is, is whether or not Rizzo and Davey Johnson are back. Uh, Davey Johnson. Davey Martinez are back next yeah. year. And I mean, with these new developments, yeah. I don't know if you saw that Max Scherzer said he's waving his no-trade clause. So does never that mean say he's never, be never say oh, never. Is he going to be moved but, next week? But, but bring him back. Max, next bring month? back Max. But bring Max, back Juan Soto. Well, I tell you, I think Max, Juan's coming back. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I told you. Now that's more realistic. I told you. That's more realistic. Max did say though, he will waive his no trade clause, but he will like things to work out in New York. And All so, right, so yeah. we got to we got to let the people in on the inside joke that we've been uh, sharing here throughout this episode. So we actually did this episode the day before. And tried we, to do it. Yeah, it felt like and, deja vu. And we had Diane Roberts in here, and uh, it was great. We had a nice little four-man huddle, and uh, a four-person huddle. And so we had this technical difficulty with one of the mics that didn't that. pick her up at all. Not at all. So we so didn't. Some we, of did, our best we didn't, stuff, re- folks. We, yeah, with the so there, all there so there was a dope episode. That uh, that that won't that, yeah this was one good. I yeah, think this was, was good this also. was pretty good the other we missed, left on we, the cutting room floor yes, but we, you know we, everybody's yeah, we, mic is on right yeah yes. and right. because of a schedule because of a scheduling conflict we couldn't get Diane back in for this one so we certainly miss her presence on this episode 
but we'll get her just, back. Yeah, we'll her. we will get her back and. But we just not, thought it would be a funny thing. We're not doing this one again, though. Yeah, we're not doing this <laughs> one again. And we are checking we are tape, not. as they say in the old yes. school. <laughs> yes. When she comes back, we'll talk about something else. Yes. Okay. When right, she right, comes right, back, right. we will have a different <laughs> this topic. This was pretty good. <laughs> this was good. I had a good time. Thanks for having me in. A pleasure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when you get a couple cracks at it, I mean, it better be good, <laughs> it better right? Better be good, right? Yeah. Take yeah. two. You know, it's just like it's just like in the NFL where you, right. uh, your kicker tries a field goal. You know, you shake it to the right. Oh wait, coach called timeout. Get to try it again. You want to hear a true story about that? My first ever extra point in high school, I was I missed it, but I was roughing the kicker, oh. and I got a chance to do it again. I hit it. Did you flop? No, and I wasn't even really bumped. I think it was. <laughs> I was literally. I looked around. And I was like, I didn't think they'd call it at all, but they did. They knew because the ref saw. He felt sorry for me. I missed it. <laughs> then I made the second one. To your point, I like about that. The I like yeah. that. There you I like go. That. All right, we'll so, show a video of that next week. Oh man, if there's video of that, I want to see that grainy's approved film. Boy, there is, there, there, there is video. I want Papa, that. Papa Wallace got the video. It's there. Oh man, Papa Wallace is the best. All right, yeah, give him the shout out, uh, guys. This was a fun episode. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> you guys uh, listening had a, a fun time too. This was the DC Sports Huddle. I am Rob Woodfork alongside George Wallace, Steve Dresner, and we are saluting from afar. Uh, Diane Roberts, who uh, <laughs> could not make the uh, retaping of this episode, but Give me a favor, save it when you get off this. Can you save the audio? Make sure we don't, don't erase the audio. No, 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 uh, I won't erase all. the audio. Save oh, all. yeah, oh save yeah, all. that's yo, right. that's that's like the special, like that's the B side. That's, oh, you know, yeah, we're that's gonna right. have the B side. You're right, and then it's like you relate, you release that with the uh, special edition. That's true. The DVD uh, huddle, yeah, when they make the movie about this. All right, guys, those of us who are here can break the huddle. 